Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's the groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. This Father's Day, power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. Find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, save on select steel battery tools. Right now, save $50 on the FSA 57 battery trimmer set. Real steel. Find yours at steeldealers.com. With AK-10 battery and AL-101 charger, offer valid for limited time only while supplies last. See participating dealer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Spectrum Internet has enough speed to handle all your needs. So you can work, game, and stream with speeds up to a gig. Plus, Spectrum's advanced Wi-Fi provides enhanced security for all your connected devices. Get Spectrum Internet with fast and reliable speeds, starting at just $29.99 a month with a two-year price guarantee. Visit spectrum.com slash internet for you for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Restrictions apply. Welcome, everyone, to the MMQB Gambling Podcast, week two in the NFL. I am Jimmy Trainer. Thanks for listening. Joined by my co-hosts, Gary Gramling and Mitch Goldich, who held down the fort in week one while I was not here, but I'm back here for the rest of the season. I'm curious to hear how uh, my friends here did in week one on their best bets. Gary, how was, uh, how was opening week for you in the wallet? We were uh, we were both feeling great until that late night Monday night game came around, Mitch. Uh, yeah, I, I finished three and three. I had uh, Tennessee and I had the over in the late game Oof. on Monday, and and neither came through. Uh, Goskowski obviously cost Tennessee the the cover there. Uh, I when I feel particularly like self self loathing. Uh, I also blame him for missing out on the uh, on the total. Uh, the Broncos did leave a touchdown on the field there. They got stuffed on that uh, fourth and goal on the goal line. So kind of 17 points left on the field by the two teams. I, I won't go nuts with it, though. Should have been a 4-2 and two week. Instead, it's a 3-3. Three and three. Mitch, how do you do in the week one of the NFL? I was 3-2. and two. Uh, Also, like Gary, could have been better. better. We both bet that, that Tennessee minus 2.5, and they win by 2 with four missed kicks. Obviously frustrating, but I will say uh, my best bet of the day, Gary, I told you last week I liked that Arizona Cardinals money line against the Niners, 
And I didn't best bet that just because our format, we keep track of wins and losses. If we were actually on a budget and, uh, and betting for uh, chasing dollars, I would have taken the money line. But I thought, well, if you're going to give me six and a half points, I'll take the six and a half points. They won the game outright. Looking pretty good. I'll take a little uh, three and two week. Can't complain about going three and two in week one with so many unknowns, especially this year. I wasn't here to give week one best bets, but I, I did not have a great week gambling wise. Um it wasn't bad. I think I was like maybe four and six or something like that. But all you need to know is I had the Lions. So that when that, that sets the tone for the season, basically. So it's, it's kind of rough. Well, Jimmy, um, we're glad you're back after uh, your, your holdout absence. from week one. Yeah. And very, <laughs> glad, very, you could join, glad you could join the team now I'm in your Shrew Farms t-shirt. Yes. Um, glad I'm back. Full schedule. Uh, interesting primetime games. So let's get right into it let's go to green bay where the packers will host those lions who um, you'll probably hear me complain about that loss for a few weeks before i get out of my system aaron Rodgers coming off a great game packers minus six total here is 49 and a half gary what do you got oh gosh you know you gotta love what you saw from the packers last week that was what supposed the offense was supposed to be uh that was a matt lafleur offense it was structured it was it was effective uh and then you had like two or three spots where aaron Rodgers mixed in the uh the big play the sort of uh you know out of structure uh touchdown to Devonte adams uh there was another marcus valdez scantling dropped like a perfect 60 yard pass uh, I mean, this could have been a 50-point game. They got stuffed on the goal line, too. So this could have been like a 55-point uh, performance by the Packers in week one. I'm Look, I, I, was, I, was, I could have gone either way on the Packers going into the year. I think you got to be pretty bullish on them at this point. And uh, let's see who actually makes it onto the field for the Lions this week. So you like laying the six there, it sounds like. I do. I do. Mitch? I am going to do something rare for me. You guys know I like to have sides on a bunch of games, and I'm not a big fan of betting totals, but I love the over 49.5 in this game. The Lions last week, their game hit 50 against Mitchell Trubisky's Bears and should have been 57 without DeAndre Swift's drop at the end of the game. Now they get Aaron Rodgers and the Packers fresh off a 43-34 game. Obviously, ever you know the Packers' offense. I loved it last week. Everyone did. Excited to see more of that. And I know Gary is usually high on on Matthew Stafford, even though he uh, just laid the six points there. But um, you know, Packers Lions. I think in years past, there's been a lot of attention on Darius Slay following Devontae Adams around the field. Now Slay is gone. They replaced him basically with Jeff Okuda in the draft, who missed Week One. So he's either going to, I don't know his health yet. I don't know. He's either going to miss week two or he's going to be making his NFL debut against Aaron Rodgers in a, a pretty tough spot. So I, uh, I, I'm i with you. I think the Packers can cover, but what I really like here is the over. I think we're going to see some points. All right. Next game on the docket, the Bills, after beating the Jets, going to Miami, who had a bad loss at New England. Bills minus five and a half. Dolphins. Uh, Dolphin Bills total here is 41. Mitch. Yeah, this is one I don't feel too strongly about this game. I think Gary might have a stronger take than I do. I'll just say I'm a little I'm surprised the calls for Tua are coming already uh, after week one. Like I got a push alert. Brian Flores having to say at the press conference that Brian Fitzpatrick is still the starter. It's like, come on, guys. It's week I do. Two. I do think it's weird. They don't have a package <laughs> for him. But that's yeah. The point. And we'll we'll see. And they might at some point. Um, but 
you know, this is a, a, a this is a, a rebuilding team, and they traded so many veterans last year for draft picks, and it's almost like I think the expectations for them jumped a bit because they won five games last year when people thought they'd win one or maybe go winless for the whole year. Um, but, you know, I, I lean Bills here. They're the better team in general and coming into the season, and they were better last week. Um, it's Five and a half is a little more than I feel comfortable with, so this is not going to be a best bet for me. Um, but this is uh, this is kind of a hold your nose game for me, where I do lean Bills. Gary Bills minus five and a half. What do you got? Yeah, I'm I'm cautious. Uh, home team, uh, home underdog, division rivals. Uh, I I never like taking the road team there. Uh, and on top of that, look, the Dolphins loaded up this secondary in the offseason. That's really what they invested in, and it didn't really matter last week because they they were playing the Patriots, who don't throw the ball. So uh, not that Josh Allen is going to go out there and and try fifty throws, but certainly a a much stiffer test here for Allen than you saw uh, against the Jets last week. So uh, I will give a Dolphins lean on this. I think this is a low-scoring, ugly game. I think it's like a 2017 Bills win. Uh, Jimmy, you got to weigh in on this one. Yeah, I. this is, to me, the this is a classic uh, game two situation here for me. I bet the Dolphins last week against... No, no, I didn't bet the Dolphins last week against the Patriots. What I did bet was over 17 points for the Dolphins last week, and they got to 11. And then Fitzpatrick threw that pick at the end of the game Mm -hmm. uh, in the end zone, which would have been my worst loss if not for the Lions. So my thing is I'm not going to get off the Dolphins right now week two. I'm going to go back to them getting five and a half at home. Um, You know, the Tua thing is interesting because this could this could end up if they lose here and it's ugly. It's it's going to get crazy. So I think Fitzpatrick's going to play well here. I don't understand why they don't have some sort of package of plays, though, for Tua. Um, and again, the Bills, They I understand they beat the Jets. And I I saw so much about Josh Allen. Josh Allen is just not that good. He's got digs now, which will help him. But I, I'm not a Josh Allen guy, so I will gladly take five and a half points here uh, with a home team. Jimmy, uh, I just have to say, I, I admire yeah. your honesty. You're not on the pod. No one knows how well you did. And you just come on complaining about your week one losses. Instead yeah, because of just, those losses <laughs> are more important than what I say here. Believe me. <laughs> um, uh, the next game, obviously, last week, all eyes were on Tom Brady and Tampa Bay. They lose in New Orleans. Now they're at home. Huge favorite here. Minus nine against the Panthers, who... Uh, were another bet for me that I lost last week, a terrible <laughs> loss to the Raiders. Mm. The total here is 47 and a half. Like I said, big number here, bucks minus nine, Gary. Yeah, I uh, I almost backed off this. It's one of my favorite bets of the week. I almost backed off just because I hate the whole narrative like, oh, Tom Brady, he's he's motivated now. He's mad about what Bruce Arians said. Uh, it's it's not that so much. The Bucks are are overwhelmingly more talented than the Panthers. Uh, and, and this really is a chance for them to go out there and basically uh, play 60 minutes and roll up a bunch of points and just sort of put the Panthers away. One thing I, I do want to say about the Bucks from last week that really got overshadowed by by sort of Brady's dud, and look, the Saints defense is a really good defense, uh, far more talented than, than what they'll get uh, this week with the Panthers. But Bucks defense is very good, maybe like top three to five in the league this year. I mean, they were they were great last week in New Orleans. Uh, you know, questions about that secondary. They, they shut down Michael Thomas. Alvin Kamara, I know he had a big fantasy day, but uh, he really didn't do a whole lot on a per-touch basis. They really held that Saints offense in check at the Superdome. Uh, and look, I mean, 
I like Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater isn't going to create uh, any sort of big-time offense here. That one long touchdown they had was sort of a, a misjudged ball by defensive back to Robbie Anderson that turned into a 77-yard catch and run. I just don't think there's any way the Panthers can keep up in this game, and I don't think the Bucks will let off the gas because they really just want to get the reps in at this point. I'll say two quick things about this game because I watched way more of Panthers Raiders at one o'clock last week than I care to admit. <laughs> uh, Bridgewater played great. His receivers are terrible. He has no help. And, you know, this isn't Baylor. So if you're going to run fullback dives, you're not going to be in the NFL much longer, <laughs> Matt Rule. Just say that. I mean, this is the NFL. Get it together from a play calling standpoint. Mitch? I, uh, I'm, I'm going against Gary here. I like Carolina. And it's so funny, everyone always knows, we know we overreact to week one, and we say, well, we can't do it. And then I look at some of these games, and I say, I know I'm probably overreacting, but I'm doing it anyway. Because I think if you told me before week one that this was going to be a nine-point spread, I might have taken Tampa, but I think after watching these teams, I don't know, Carolina was a little bit better, and it's just the Raiders, and I'm not even high on the Raiders, but I just, I just think nine points is too many. And that's a Tom Brady inflated line, and people are people are feel a certain way about the Bucks because it's Tom Brady, and I totally get it. And like Tampa's Super Bowl odds and NFC South odds were all out of whack in the offseason because people were so excited about Brady. And you know, I fell for the hype a little bit too. I think I put him in my playoff field, but I'm just I'm a little bit worried about them. And the health of the wide receivers, Mike Evans played, but has a hamstring issue, only caught one ball. Uh, Chris Godwin's been in concussion protocol this week. Gronk and Fournette, you know, building out the dream team. They didn't really do anything in week one. So I'm picking Tampa to win the game, but I just think nine points is too many. And, you know, you guys know I love picking road teams, and especially, I think, division game where they're not traveling that far, they're not changing time zones. I I think Carolina can keep it closer than nine points here. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hello, I'm Dr. Michael Mosley. And I want to let you know about my new immersive BBC Radio 4 podcast series, Deep Calm. It's all about how to tap into and activate a remarkable system that we all have hardwired inside of us, our relaxation response. And it's been developed to be listened to at any time you want to really unwind. I hope you'll listen wherever you get your BBC podcasts. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. 
I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This Father's Day, shop at the Home Depot to find the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. He's the weed-fighting, hedge-trimming, leaf-blowing lord of the lawn. He sees the job, and he gets it done. Because your dad is a doer. So show him you appreciate everything he does with the tools he needs to power up his landscaping game. This Father's Day, give him the convenience and gas-like power of innovative and durable Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad does, everything he is, and everything he can be, find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. All right, next game features a pair of 0-1 teams. Colts with that bad loss in Jacksonville. Uh, Vikings losing at home to the Packers. They get together in Indy. Colts minus three, total 48 and a half, Mitch. Yeah, uh, Gary's Super Bowl team, the Colts. I am I'm out on Philip Rivers and the Colts this year, and I've said that. I definitely like the Vikings here. Um, obviously, they got picked apart by Aaron Rodgers last week, but I think some of that was the secondary. And I just I I'll, you know I might end up saying this every week. I have concerns about Philip Rivers being able to pick apart their secondary on the deep balls. I think you know game manager gets thrown around too much and is usually used as a negative, but I do think that Rivers wants to keep it short and throw some checkdowns. The running backs got 17 targets last week against Jacksonville. If you look at his air yards, like it's a small sample size, just one game, but they were down across the board from what we've seen from him the last couple of years. I They can be a competitive team this year, but I just don't think he's in a position to take advantage of them in the secondary like the Packers were last week. I think the the Vikings had a rough week one and a game that I thought they were going to win. Um, and I think they can bounce back against Indy this week. I'll just say this for me. This is the, this is a classic week two. Don't go near it. Don't touch a game. Two teams you thought would get, you know, wins in week one, or at least you d- definitely thought the Colts would. You thought they'd be good this year. They both look terrible. Give it a week to evaluate it. That would be my advice here. Gary? No, I'm totally with you on that, Jimmy. Uh, the Colts are my Super Bowl pick. They they remain my Super Bowl pick because I assume they will do the right thing and switch to Jacoby Brissett at some point, some point around a midseason or so. The the thing I, I'm just gonna say this about Philip Rivers, and I don't want to turn this into uh, uh, you know an X's and O's show or something like that. But Rivers' problem last year with the Chargers was there was overwhelming pressure. 
he'd just end up chucking the ball into traffic. There was not pressure on him last week on those interceptions, and he's just, it's like he didn't see defenders. And it's just, the Jaguars just play a basic zone defense. Those were interceptions that you'd expect from a rookie, uh, a really sloppy rookie, or like Jameis Winston. Those were three, and it, look, he, he was credited with two. One of them got taken off the board by a, by a penalty off the ball, but he essentially threw three Jameis-style interceptions, which is stunning for Phillip Rivers, who, I mean, that's the one thing you would not expect him to do. You have probably you know questions about the arm talent questions about you know how will he play when the pocket collapses and he just throws three boneheaded interceptions and loses the game to uh you know what's essentially an xfl team masquerading in the nfc south so uh (laughs) in that case i mean you wonder if that's like a training camp preseason shortened offseason thing because rivers is on a new team with new receivers Brady, obviously all the, the drama about whose fault was it, and he's throwing to new guys. Carson Wentz, his two bad interceptions were both thrown to rookies, and there were, you know, put those on Carson Wentz. We're going to talk about the Eagles, but some people were talking about, like, well, you know, he's got new receivers out there he didn't have last year. But anyway, I mean, it, it's possible that that's, uh, that some of these teams are going to be sloppy early in the season, not having the offseason, and, and you could wonder about a guy like Rivers uh, who's new in that offense, and, and maybe Brissett would be good uh, since he was there last year. But I don't, I could, I'm, not, I'm not saying to put Brissett in now. I think you paid Rivers. you got to play Rivers for at least uh, at least two games. <laughs> I, I'm already uh, banging the table for Jacoby Brissett. But yeah. uh, I'll just say that. Look, I could see Rivers snapping out of it. It makes no sense that a guy who has been a quality quarterback for 17 years or whatever is all of a sudden uh, uh, throwing these terrible interceptions. So he could snap out of it. It was just it was a stunningly bad performance for all the wrong reasons in week one. I was not expecting a week two QB change call from Gary Gramley, but here we are. All right, <laughs> let's keep it, it rolling and moving here. The uh, Eagles at home after the loss of the Redskins, giving a point to the incoming Rams who beat the Cowboys on Sunday night. The total here is a very nice 45 and a half. Gary? Yeah, I, I do like the Eagles in this one. Let's see who suits up. I, I'm not going to best bet it without having absolute assurance that Lane Johnson is back in the lineup at this point. It, I think it was fairly simple for the Eagles last week. They they couldn't block uh, the Washington football team, and so you know it, it was it was just a a chain reaction of terrible football after the first quarter or so for Carson Wentz. If Wentz gets protection, he is uh, he's still a a borderline elite quarterback. They'll be fine offensively. Uh, so is Lane going to be out there? And then on top of that, can their interior guys keep Aaron Donald from ruining this game? Most people don't. Uh, I think this these teams are pretty evenly matched. Uh, I love Sean McVay. I don't love the uh, lack of explosiveness in that Rams offense, but uh, I think this one should be – look, I, I think the Eagles should be giving maybe a point or two in this one as opposed to to getting anything at this point. So I would lean Eagles, but uh, can't best bet it quite yet. Mitch? Yeah, I, I feel pretty much the exact same way Gary does. It's a stay away for me also for all the reasons Gary mentioned, and we, we talk about it. I'm an Eagles fan here, and I would just lose my mind having money on the Eagles in this game against the Rams. Uh, but it, not just Lane Johnson, but they're expecting or they're hoping to have Miles Sanders and Derek Barnett back, uh, you know, some combination. We'll see who suits up. And, I you know, I do. I, I lean Eagles if they're healthy, but uh, I'm, I'm waiting for more info about this game closer to kickoff. Yeah, I don't really have a feel on this game at all. Um, the Eagle offensive line worries me a lot. Uh, Aaron Donald could just destroy this game on Sunday, so I, I would be careful there if you're uh, putting the money on Philly. Yeah, I, sorry, I should have added, yeah. Jimmy. I do like the under on this game, and it was. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm going to best bet it, but I do like under 45.5 because uh, Rams, look, 
Rams moved the ball. They just, they, you know, they didn't have any big plays against Dallas last week, and I don't know if they'd necessarily get them going on the road here against a, a pretty good Eagles defense. Uh, the next game we're going to talk about is the Titans and Jaguars. Jaguars obviously coming off that surprising win against the Colts. The Titans here are nine-point favorites. Total is 44 games in Tennessee. Mitch. Yeah, I'm going to take the points here, and let's talk about these Jags. I know uh, you just said nobody expected them to win. I, I did mention on last uh, last week's pod that I was a little bit worried about them. I talked not that anyone cares about my survivor pool, and we don't have to talk about it ever again because I <laughs> lost, but I did say that uh, I had entered one with my brothers, and we were we had picked the, the, uh, who, the Colts against the Jaguars, and it worried me. I talked them out of it, and we ended up picking the Eagles instead, uh, debating between the the Colts, the Eagles, and the Niners, who all lost. So it was a quite a weekend for us. But anyway, these uh, these frisky Jaguars they were they were fun last week, and I just I've said this about the Bills before. I've said this about the Titans that they don't really strike me as blowout teams. Not that you know nine points is a blowout, but some of these bigger spreads they just don't strike me as the type of team that I can expect them to win by double digits. I think they want to run the ball, shorten the game, have fewer possessions. You know, they missed four kicks last week, so we'll see if Guskowski bounces back or if possibly they're afraid to let him kick and, uh, you know, maybe that affects the game somehow. So, I don't know. I'm, uh, I'm remembering that Minshew Mania kind of started last year as that Thursday night game between these two teams in primetime and uh, Minshew leading them back and doing the exciting post-game interview on the field and everything. And, you know, these two teams know each other well. It's just the AFC South is chaos every year. So let's have a little chaos. I'm not, I'm not quite calling a Jaguars win outright, but I like them to, uh, to keep it within nine points. Gary? Yeah, I, uh, I did like the Titans in this one, but too many questions at the receiver position right now. Uh, hamstring for Corey Davis, knee injury for, for A.J. Brown. Uh, let's see if one or both of those guys are, are out for this game. Uh, otherwise, I did like the over, and I did like Tennessee to sort of bounce back in this one. Uh, like I said, I, I had the over on Tennessee-Denver last week. I thought 41 was too low a number for an offense that was, you know, all their games were going uh, over 50 points uh, in the Tannehill area, except for I, I think it was some like 11 out of 13 last year of Tannehill starts so I will uh I will back off this one in the end but uh if AJ Brown and Corey Davis are in the lineup I would go Titans and I would go over in this one moving on to another game this one here I like a lot this is the uh Bears giving five and a half points to the Giants the total is 42 I have to say uh, I think this line is really high I thought it might be you know two or three um the Giants played well last week, uh, except for basically not being able to do anything with Saquon Barkley. The Steelers are a much better team. Roethlisberger played a great game. I'm not going to jump off the giant bandwagon. You know, you got to be careful week to week. The Bears, to me, played a terrible game. They won because the Lions are the Lions. They're completely inept. And I don't think Trubisky should be given five and a half points to anyone. So I, I like the Giants here a lot. Gary? I was going to say five and a half should be like the uh, team total for the for the Bears in this game. Uh, I, I'm really with you, Jimmy. I think people completely underestimate how good that Steelers defense is. Uh, I actually I, I, I went back second year quarterback, a, a certain second year quarterback against the Steelers last year. Uh, 19 for 28, 161 yards, touchdown, three interceptions, uh, 70 yards rushing. That was Lamar Jackson. I mean, they, they made Lamar look terrible last year, and certainly actually worse than Daniel Jones looked on Monday night. So uh, I guess that's my other take, uh, that Daniel Jones is secretly better than Lamar Jackson. Um, that That is not a take, by the way. <laughs> uh, but I will say, Daniel Jones played well considering the conditions he was under, and the Bears 
defense is good, but I don't think they're ever going to be back at the level they were at at 2018. Uh, they just gave up a lot of points and a lot of yards to uh, even more points if DeAndre Swift hangs on to that ball. But uh, a lot of points, a lot of yards to to a line team that, you know, Matthew Stafford's great, but no Kenny Galladay in that game. I mean, that, that's, a, that's a bunch of number three and four receivers running out there against those guys. So uh, I think the Giants certainly hang around in this one. And, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm totally with you, Jimmy. I, I thought a field goal was like the max here for for Bears as favorites here. And uh, we've heard so many times over the years after a Trubisky comeback, which we've seen before, uh, whether it was like the Eagles playoff game or, or what he did in Denver last year. And and then there's this whole narrative like, oh, Trubisky, he's got confidence now. It's, it's going to turn around. Well, it doesn't. It hasn't. So could it this time? Sure. I mean, he's still young, but uh, we, we've seen this play like, you know, four or five times before, and it hasn't worked out in the long run. So uh, very, uh, very strong uh, Giants take here, getting five or, or five and a half or so. Mitch? Well, here comes the kiss of death. I am totally with you guys. Three for three. I think we're all best betting the Giants. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't have to say too much else. I, I agree with pretty much everything you guys said about the Giants. I love the Steelers this year. And I actually thought the Giants were more impressive than I expected in that game, despite the uh, Saquon rushing line. So we can just uh, three for three pencil in the Giants. They'll probably lose because we're all on them. And uh, we can keep the show moving here. Yeah, this is good for the listeners because you know what to do now. Um, <laughs> Fade us. The, uh, the next game features a pair of 0-1 teams who... Uh, you know, have some talent here, so it'll be interesting to see who comes away with it. The Cowboys at home giving four and a half to the Falcons. Total, biggest total of the week, 53 in this game. Mitch? I'm, again, going to take the points here. I'm sort of, I'm treating Atlanta similar to how I'm treating Houston, which is that I kind of like both teams, and I think they just ran into better teams in week one, and I want to see them play against somebody else before I make a more of a full judgment on them. And I just think it's it's too many points. Um, Dallas is really banged up. I mean, they came out of Sunday night's game with a bunch of injuries. Their offensive line, linebacker. This is the kind of game I looked at, and it, it just feels like the spread ought to be 2.5. And if it was 2.5, I'd have to think about it a lot. But getting 4.5, I like Atlanta here. Gary? Yeah, I was really close to a Falcons best bet here. Uh, I will. The only reason I'm going to back off is because they can't cover anyone, and the Cowboys. I mean, their strength is the receiving core, so uh, I do think the Cowboys will put up points here. I actually do like the over, even though it's a huge number, uh, 53. Uh, I'll just say this about the Falcons, kind of along the lines of, of what uh, Mitch was saying. I'm not going to sit here and say they were actually better than the Seahawks, but. They don't have any fundamental problems here. Their issues last week was situational football. Uh, you know, they give up a 40-yard touchdown on the fourth and five. They commit a, just a completely boneheaded 40-yard uh, pass interference penalty on a third and 23. And then on the other side, they get stuffed on a third and one and then a fourth and one. Uh, and then they uh, uh, they had a fake punt on a fourth and two that actually worked, and the dude fumbles the ball as he's going down after converting the first down. So, uh, again, it's a lot of ifs, and, and that's how football games are decided. But those aren't like, oh, my goodness, they, they, they can't block or they, they can't throw the ball or anything like that. They don't really have problems. Their weakness is the secondary. That is the Cowboys' strength. Uh, then again, the Cowboys, no Lyle Collins. They, they, they are shaky on the right side of that line. Lots of pressure on Dak. Let's, uh, let's see how this plays out. So I do like the Falcons. Probably not enough for a best bet, but uh, I probably would best bet this uh, over 53. 
I, I like the over too, even though it's so high. I just think these are the Falcons never stop anyone anymore. So I, I could see both teams, you know, being in the uh, upper twenties here in this tempo, one. Tempo two. Seahawks got Falcons with tempo. Cowboys showed tempo last week. Lots of plays. Lots of th- lots of throwing the ball here. Yeah. Uh, next game is uh, the Chiefs going into. Uh, whatever, wherever the where do the Chargers play? I don't even know. They're a fake team. Like SoFi the, Stadium. SoFi. Now. Oh, they're in the, they're, they're, oh, so they have the new stadium. Uh, yeah. This is yeah. I was gonna say, did you hear anything about SoFi Stadium? On I didn't Sunday know the night? Chargers were there. Okay, I thought it was just the red. Okay, so the Chiefs are giving eight and a half. The Chargers. Uh, the total here is forty-seven. I'll just say this quickly: in your spreadsheet where you keep the best bets, put me down for the Chiefs every week. I don't care who they're playing. I don't care where they're playing. I don't care if the whole team has COVID. Like, I will best bet the Chiefs every week this season, including today. That's my analysis of the game. Mitch, what do you got? I feel the exact same way. And then the Ravens, too. Um, these We don't have to loop these two games together, but I just feel like these spreads are eight and a half, seven points. These are games that are going to be like 12 or 13 at some point later in the Tyra season. Tyrod Taylor is not keeping up with the Chiefs. That's all I'll say. Yeah, until they look vulnerable or someone gets hurt or they play each other, I guess, or some other very good team. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. They're, the Chiefs are incredible, and I just think they're just going to – they're motivated to – repeat and blow the doors off teams and i just think they're they're too good i like the chiefs too gary i'll put it in number form because i'm a soulless robot (laughs) uh so you go back to the beginning of last year beginning of 2019 when the chiefs have had this offense at full strength which means uh you know eric fisher missed time and when he's in the lineup when tyreek hills in the lineup uh, laurent duvarney tardif is out but uh you know they they replace him with colegio semily and and actually might have upgraded the run game there but when their offense has been at full strength since the beginning of last season, that's 11 games, including playoffs. They are 11-0 straight up. They are 11-0 against the spread. Their uh, average margin of victory, 15.3. I'm I'm on the, you know, I, I'll, I'll give this caveat, Jimmy. Anytime they are only giving single digits, if they're giving less than 10, like absolutely give them to me. I mean, whatever, if it's if it's an elite opponent. I don't even know who that opponent would be at this point. But, uh, um my one other uh, number here: last five years, AFC West opponents, they're twenty-seven and three. Those three losses straight up all came on Thursday nights and all came uh, in the final minute of the game. So not only is this not Thursday night, but they get the extra three days of rest. Uh, I, I believe the number is, you know, I had it up here and I closed it. I wonder I, what that's it, about with the Thursday night. That's interesting. Uh, yeah, I mean, oh, and and they were all they were all you know. Th- so it was that last play of the game where there were a, a million penalties that uh, Thursday night game against the Raiders a couple years ago. Oh, yeah, One was yeah, the yeah, yeah. Chargers game where Mike Williams famously had an octopus. They were down uh, seven in the last <laughs> minute, and the Mike Williams game-winning octopus to win by a point in the last minute. Dude, Did Scott Hanson that mention one. that one? <laughs> Not that one. He didn't know about it at the time. I didn't even know I was setting you up for that one, Mitch, but I'm glad I did. Um, and I, I lost which spreadsheet I had this on. I, uh, I believe it's 21, it. 21-5 and 1 uh, against the spread in uh, in Sunday and Monday against uh, AFC West teams last five years. But it, it's wild. And, and the other loss, by the way, is the Jamal Charles uh, fumble and oh, yeah. the Broncos scoop and score late in that game in, uh, I want to say that was like 20, 2016 or so. But uh, whatever it is, Andy Reid just completely owns the AFC West uh, in every way, shape, and form. All right, next game here. This is going to be a... Uh Late game 425 called by Kevin Harlan, who was on the SI Media podcast this week. The Ravens will give seven points to the Texans. The total is 50. Gary. 
Yeah, plugs everywhere. Nice job, yeah. guys. Uh, it, it, I, I think you got to like the Ravens on this one. Uh, I'm a little bit curious to see how the Texans fix things coming out of week one here. Uh, I was surprised at how badly they, they struggled to block because it's not necessarily a, a, a terrible offensive line. And the Ravens don't have, you know, it, it, they have a good scheme. They don't necessarily have an overwhelming amount of talent on the defensive line. I wonder if the Texans can handle them a little bit better, especially with the extra three days to prepare for them. So, that's just enough to keep me from best betting this one. But, uh, you know, uh, look, the Ravens, even even in a week where the offensive line didn't look great against Cleveland, I, I think uh, the Browns' front four did outplay the Ravens' front five, uh, and they still go out and, and just completely blow the doors off the Browns. So uh, no reason to not like the Ravens here. Mitch? Yeah, I like the Ravens enough that this is actually going to be a best bet of mine, and I already started talking about this before. Um you know, I guess we can share a little bit of how the sausage is made, that we are taping this Thursday afternoon, and we have not yet seen the Thursday night game, so we don't know yet just how bad the Browns are. It is possible they have uh, blown a winnable game against the Bengals, uh, and maybe that we'll, we'll discredit week one uh, more than we think because it's the Browns, but I mean, they, they were so good. I, I thought it was just so encouraging to see them pick it up right where they left off in the regular season last year and on both sides of the ball and you know the spread's only seven points i'm a texans defender and i feel like i've been defending them for (laughs) several years now uh including this offseason and i even i picked them to win the afc south uh so i do like them but i just i look at these two teams the chiefs and the ravens and it's it's hard to pick against them uh you know a touchdown or less uh, until they play a really elite team. so Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say that a team that's giving seven on the road, it, it's low, and it's I think it's that way because of Deshaun Watson more than anything, but you get the Ravens only giving a touchdown or less against you know a team that has a terrible head coach. I mean, it's, it's hard not to snatch that up. Um, let's go to the two primetime games this week, Sunday night, NBC. The Patriots, who... Will be fun to watch this year with Cam Newton. We saw it last week. Uh, this is a very interesting. I, this is one where this is where you don't have to be a gambler. You hunker down. You get in your chair Sunday night and you enjoy the game, even if you don't have a wager. The Patriots go into Seattle. The Seahawks four point favorites. Total forty five. Very interesting game, Mitch. Yeah, this. I think this feels like the perfect line. Um, I really, as I mentioned before when we were talking about the Falcons, I really like Seattle this year. I just, I'm buying them. I have them as my Super Bowl team in the NFC. Uh, That's what I picked before the season. Um, But my gut just says this is like a field goal game either way. And so I am leaning toward the Patriots. It's a stay away. I'm with you, Jimmy, where this is just like a fun one to sit down and watch, even if you don't have anything on. This is like, you know, a perfect Sunday night game that I'm excited about. Um, you know, Jamal Adams, it's, it's fun seeing how they use him. I think he blitzed a bunch last week. Um, so, you know, he's not, he's not really going to be like spying Cam Newton, but he's going to be, um, you know, it's going to be like a fun matchup watching these two teams. I don't know. Um, you know, Albert Breer had a story today where he was talking to Brian Schottenheimer, uh, the Seahawks offensive coordinator about, uh, the whole let Russ cook thing. And it was very fun watching him air it out against uh, the Falcons last week, but it it seems like they feel that's really like matchup dependent and this is not going to just necessarily be the new Russell Wilson every week, even though I know everyone is uh, hyping up his MVP campaign this year. Um, so, I, you know, I really like Seattle and I think they're going to be there at the end of the season, but um, I just, I, I feel a very close game. I'm, I'm Cam was a ton of fun and it was exciting to see him. I know people are concerned he ran the ball 
15 times last week and you know is he durable enough to hold up taking that many hits the whole season uh we'll see or maybe we won't see if they uh cut down on those numbers a little bit um so this is a stay away for me but i lean patriots gary yeah, to me, it's it's two teams with new offenses at this point. And, and I know Brian Schottenheimer is, is downplaying what they did last week. That's a game they led almost throughout, and they still had an almost two-to-one pass-to-run ratio at this point, which is unheard of. I mean, that that's a team that would uh, basically just run the ball 50-50 and hang around, and then Russell would try and pull it out in the end. So if that's the style they're going to play going forward, and I, I think it mostly is, uh, yeah, I mean, they're, they're going to put a point. I was down on the Seahawks. Uh, I am still down on the defense, but uh, can't be down on, uh, on, on them if they're, if they're going to do that offensively. Yeah, but uh, they could stay away from the Patriots' secondary it, more than they yes. did from the Falcons' secondary. They are, they are playing into the strength of the Patriots with that. Patriots obviously really good on, on the back end. I like the under in this game. I, I wouldn't bet the side. I would lean Seahawks. Uh, excuse me. I would lean Patriots because I think the game will be low scoring enough that it's going to be, uh, you know, a, a field goal game type of thing going on here. But uh, the other thing, I, I don't want to be the butthole who like tries to diagnose guys from like a thousand miles away. Um, we have too many people in this in the industry doing that already. But uh, <laughs> Cam was grabbing at his hamstring quite a bit, uh, including after the game last week. It, it's just. It's just enough to make you worried because obviously if, if Cam is not 100%, uh, he's the centerpiece of that offense. His legs are the centerpiece of that offense right now. So uh, they don't want to have to go out there and throw it around, throw it around a bunch uh, on the road in Seattle. And that's, uh, that's just worrisome enough for me. I like the Seahawks here. I wouldn't best bet them. Um, you know, this is – it's weird – because you you see Seattle at home and you just automatically think about that crowd. The crowd's not there, so you got to factor that in. Um, but I just think Seattle's a better team. Um, I, I could see the. I think Russell Wilson's a bad matchup for the Patriot defense. I think he can do some things. Now listen, be careful going against Belichick. And again, I wouldn't best bet it, but I do lean Seahawks here. I, you know, I. I the Dolphins last week, I sort of throw that out. I think this is going to be a way more uh, tougher test here, obviously, for the Patriots. So that's why I, I lean Seahawks here. Monday night, first game in Las Vegas for the Raiders. The Saints go in there giving six points. The total is 49 and a half. Gary. Are we on? Yes. Is this the lightning round now, which we, we instituted last week? Or is this uh, this this was where I, I marked off the line on my sheet. Am I wrong here? It's it's lightning ish. Yeah. We'll make it lightning. It's lightning a great round. start. The, the first thing you do at the top of every lightning round is you have a 10-minute a conversation about whether or not it is the lightning <laughs> round. Right. But uh, it, it sounds like no Michael Thomas in this one. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I won't bet it, but you get a feeling. You know, Raiders, I don't know. They'll, they'll, they'll hang around in this one. This one might come down to it. They'll, they'll probably figure out a way to lose it late. But uh, I think they can hang around with a shorthanded Saints team here. Mitch? I lean Saints. Uh, this is another one, Jimmy. You were just talking about Seattle with no crowd. This kind of sucks. It's like their first game in Vegas, and there are no yeah. fans there. Like, I could easily see this just being a letdown. It's the kind of game, and again, I'm diagnosing based on their psyches here uh, instead of the actual matchup. But this is like a game that would be like a career highlight for some of these guys getting to play in the first game in a new city, a new stadium. And and I don't know. It's possible they're going to be a little flat. The, the Michael Thomas thing is obviously a concern, but I, I lean Saints here. Yeah, this is one of those games I don't know where you sort of attempt to sort of break it down. Obviously, the same offense is what it is. You're, you're giving less than a touchdown, but again, you're on the road, but it's not really – there's no 
fans there. I don't know what the atmosphere is going to be. First game in Vegas. It's just a mystery, so I, I prefer to stay away. Um, before we get to our best bets, there were three games that we have not broken down uh, that neither of the three of us uh, really have a, sort of any sort of leans or best bets on. It's uh, Niners, Jets, Broncos, Steelers, and Redskins, Cardinals. Washington uh, football team. Anybody want to tackle one of those, say anything about any of those games? I'll give you the line if you want to throw a sentence or two out there on one of those games. Football team disrespect there. Oh, uh, did they, I say they, Redskins? They, yeah, oh, they, my God. Twice. Branded it big time. So I jumped the Sorry. gun. I, I thought <laughs> we were – I should have let Jimmy host the show. I thought we were hopping into the lightning round <laughs> uh, game early. I didn't realize there were so many strong uh, Raiders well, Saints takes there. My, my apologies. Well, with, with the primetime game is what we were trying to give oh, people right. a little extra uh, on. Monday yeah. night. How about yeah. it? So, yeah, here the Niners minus seven at the Jets total 41 and a half. Anybody have any thoughts? Oh uh, no, I, I'm the last Adam Gase apologist, and even I can't uh, go near. Yeah, we, we should cut you Jets off team. if you're just going to talk about Adam 20, Gase. 20, 20 and eighteen when he has his starting quarterback in the lineup, despite having a bottom five roster wait, wait, wait. every it, year of his career. Is twenty and eighteen a good record? When you have those rosters, absolutely. That is that is Belichickian. I'm leaning for the Niners here. We're not, I, we're not uh, breaking down any gambling on that. So uh, what about uh, Pittsburgh minus seven and a half against the Broncos, total 40 and a half? I'll lean Pittsburgh here. This is uh, both teams played Monday night, so it's a rare double short rest game. And uh, both teams are a little banged up. I know uh, Zach Banner still has right tackles. Uh, is, I think he's out for the season. James Conner, uh, we don't know if he's going to play uh, or, if he'll, or if he'll be back. They might just give Benny Snell more tackle or more carries. Uh, the Broncos lose A.J. Boyer, Philip Lindsay probably out, waiting on Cortland Sutton news. I don't know. Eileen Pittsburgh, they're the better team. Big spread, yeah, why not? It, it, you'd only trust the Steelers' defense there. Uh, and, and the Broncos are shorthanded enough on, on defense that, you know, so whatever, Steelers could put up 24 points and win this game like 24-7. And then the last game, one of these teams will come out of it 2-0. The Cardinals giving 6.5 to the Washington football team, total 46.5. Uh, Arizona... Get on their bandwagon. That's all I got to say. Get on their bandwagon. They are going to score points this year. I don't know what their defense is going to do. I think they have one. Yeah, they obviously have one of the most underrated players in all the league in Chandler Jones, but that offense is going to score points this year. Um, get on the Cardinal bandwagon. Yeah. That's my thought. I lean Cardinals too. Um, Washington obviously took advantage of Philly's offensive line, and, uh, you know, they were playing two tight ends the whole game and couldn't block anybody. And now the Cardinals are just going to spread them out all over the field and have Kyler Murray moving around, getting rid of the ball quickly. I think, uh, I think they'll take care of business and they'll be the two and O team. All right. Now let's get to our best bets for week two in the NFL. Gary, kick us off. Like a coward, I shrunk my list from six to four as the uh, as the show went on here. But uh, uh, my uh, three sides in the total. My three sides: Giants plus five and a half at Chicago, Tampa Bay minus nine nine and a half or nine minus nine versus Carolina, uh, Chiefs anything minus ten at uh, at Chargers, and then <laughs> no, the I got Chiefs, to, the you, the Chiefs are only eight and a half. You're in good shape there. Eight and a half, even better. Yeah. Um, and then Dallas Atlanta. Uh, I'm taking the over fifty three on that. Mitch, best bets? I've got six. I was keeping up with Gary, and I didn't know he was going to cut two of them. Uh, I'm with Gary on the Giants plus five and a half at Chicago. I am against Gary with that Carolina plus nine at Tampa. And then I've got my Packers-Lions over 49 and a half. Vikings plus three at the Colts. Jags plus nine at the Titans. And Ravens minus seven at the Texans. A classic week for me with 
five road teams and an over. I've got five myself, two underdogs, two favorites, and a total. Giants plus five and a half, so the three of us will be finished there. Over 47 and a half in the Panthers-Bucks game. I I think Tom Brady is going to quiet some people this week. Dolphins take the six at home. Actually, wait a second. That was a six was early in the week. It's five and a half. My bad. Five and a half with the Dolphins. Give me the Chiefs minus the eight and a half and the Ravens with Mitch on that one minus seven. All right. Well, that was a good uh, week two. Be careful. Take it easy out there. Don't go crazy. Don't make too many judgments off week one. And uh, any anything, any final thoughts from anybody here before I say goodbye? No, God bless uh, Stephen Guskowski. Get well. <laughs> there you go. All right, that wraps it up for the MMQB Gambling Podcast. Mitch Goldich, Gary Gramley, Jimmy Trana. We'll see you next week. Good luck with the wagers. A collision between a Chinese jet and an American spy plane. He came and rammed into our left wing. With relations increasingly strained, what are the chances of things spinning out of control? The Western world was asleep. I'm Gordon Carrera. I'll be exploring the friction in this most important of relationships and asking, has the West taken its eye off the ball? You cannot ignore China. From BBC Radio 4, this is Shadow War, China and the West. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top ten for immersive art that's like... Whoa. And... Hmm. Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hello, iHeart listener. We have a confession to make. Both iHeart and this commercial you're listening to right now would probably sound a heck of a lot better on the new Roku Pro Series TV. It's got side-firing speakers that fill your room with sound, Dolby Atmos audio that puts you right in the middle of the entertainment, and the ability to pair seamlessly with your home theater sound systems that already have surround sound and booming bass. If all that sounds too good to be true, it'll sound even better on the new Roku Pro Series. Your hearing isn't better. Your TV is.